When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phase Zero What If Episodes 7 through 9 and Season 2 as a whole bonus episode starts now. I'm Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurak. Hello, happy almost new year. <laughs> we got Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. And we got Aaron Perrine. Kazoo Noise. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. If you are new, somehow just tuning in, welcome. We're happy you're here. The way we're going to do this is we're going to run through uh, What If Episode 7, Episode 8, Episode 9 in full spoilers, share our reactions, share the things we caught, the things we want to talk about. And then in addition to that, which we did not do in our 1 through 3 and 4 through 6 episodes, we're just going to talk about Season 2 as a whole. Since we've already talked about each episode individually, we'll share what stood out to us, what we thought of the season, and so on and so forth, and send you on your merry way to 2024. So thank you for joining us one last time in 2023. Without further ado, does anybody have anything they want to say before we get started? Anybody want to get out? Let's go. All right. Episode seven of What If? You know, I like to break these down with my own personal titles. And then sometimes we have our fact checker, Jamie Jurak, who uh, likes to give you the accurate title. I'm ready. Episode seven. I would call this one, What If uh, What if Hela Took Thor's Place in the first Thor movie? But then it was had <laughs> it was a baby. right off the tongue. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was raised by Wenwu. Uh, the name uh, of the episode is What If Hella Found the Ten Rings? <laughs> it's a weird episode. She didn't really find the Ten Rings, though. But, I like, the she... organization. Yeah, yeah, so, you're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I almost thought you were going to stumble on the actual title, and then you just kept going. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, episode eight, what if, uh, what if the Avengers formed in 1602? So close. What if ah. the Avengers assembled oh, in 1602? <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. I'm a fool and a fraud. And episode nine, what if what if season two had its own secret wars? Uh what if Strange Supreme intervened? Oh, oh, Strange Supreme came back, huh? Nice. All right, so those are the episode titles. We're gonna start with episode seven. We'll go around real quick. This was the Hella Wen Wu episode. Aaron, you're at the top of the screen. What did you think of this episode? I think we can all say that the theme of season two of What If is that when things fall on the ground, do not pick them up. Because multiple <laughs> adventures have gone sideways for people, things crashing onto Earth, and then someone going, oh, I think I'm going to touch that. And then things ensue. Uh, delightful to have another episode where we cram three of these movies together in a way that absolutely makes sense. Absolutely, like, tracks. Always fun to see more Tin Ring stuff. Uh, uh, Kate Blanchett just with a flamethrower having the best time. Uh, so yeah, I'm like sitting there in the background, like, I hope they keep her number. I would love to see our, our gleaming, shiny version of her in Secret Wars at some point. But yeah, great, great outing. Loved it. Jamie, what'd you think? I thought it was so fun. Hella, I love Hella. She's one of my favorite. You know how I feel about a lady villain. And then in this one, she got to like have a redemption. So that was really exciting. Uh, I, 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 AC Bradley tweeted that originally they wanted to put Hella in the Party Thor episode, but they couldn't figure it out. And they were like, listen, if we're getting Kate Blanchett to do this, she needs her own episode. And that's how this came to be. And I think that's really cool. I think the idea of taking the like the the kind of core plot of thor the first thor movie and then mixing it with shang chi is a really interesting choice uh those are two movies i would not think to moosh together but then also it's hella i think that was all really cool and i love that goddess of life costume she gets in the end uh jenna put that in our uh in our tasks to write about and i was so excited <laughs> to claim that and write about that awesome outfit so i i did enjoy mm. this i will admit though i i watched it right after the cohorty episode <laughs> so i was also like looking at my screen like really <laughs> if you listen to our last episode you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> jenna what do you think 
See, Aaron, I thought you were going to say that the like moral of the story for season two is it's okay to have daddy issues because this episode and like multiple other episodes do have that through line. Um, I thought this was utterly delightful. It is still insane to me that like Kate Blanchett is over here doing animation for Disney. Like that is just a wild sentence to say. And I think she knocks it out of the park. She has so much fun. Like Jamie said, combining these two elements makes perfect sense, but it's never something that I would have ever thought of. And just seeing her dynamic with both of shang parents is just utterly delightful. And that costume, I need the Hot Toys, I need the Funko Pop, mm. I need all of that to come out immediately. And the fight with Odin. Seeing Hella fight Odin was dope. Like, seeing Odin get on the action was cool. I, I thought this episode was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, not in my top episodes, but still a very good episode. Uh, I think that it was a bit predictable. I really like the mercy arc of it all. Like the fact that Hela had to evolve into the goddess of death to reclaim her powers and her helmet. Uh, but once, once Odin said, should you show mercy? We all knew this was going to end with Hela showing mercy and getting the powers back, but it was cool. It worked as a story. I thought for a minute there that Hela was going to be Shang-Chi's mom for sure. I'm not going to lie. I thought there was a little bit of a romance brew in there with Wenwu and Hela. I was like, hold on a second. Is this, is, is this going to change things up here? Uh, the Ten Rings, I love. You know I love the Ten Rings and the, the Talos stuff. I Honestly, though, I'll be honest. I love the Talos stuff. I love the characters from the Shang-Chi movie very, very much. I'm really glad for the first time since that damn movie we actually got some content based on that part of the MCU, even if it's in a different universe. But I did think the middle portion of this episode was the slowest. The training stuff went on for a little, little while. But then again, I was binging the first time I watched this, and those binging thoughts did stick with me. Watching it again, not as a binge, just the first episode of the day yesterday, I was like, this is dope. I, I like it. So, uh, yeah, overall, a good. Really, really, I enjoyed it. A couple interesting takeaways in terms of Easter eggs. But we can get to those in a minute. Uh, but anything else you might want to talk about there? Morris. Morris. Uh, Morris. Yes. <laughs> Did Morris fly in the Shang-Chi movie? That's a great question. I don't know, actually. I don't that think so. I don't. I don't know, I wrong. That's one of those things that someone in the comments is like, you idiot. Did you even watch the movie? <laughs> right. I don't exactly. remember. It was, it, that's how long ago Shang-Chi was. I forgot a yeah. detail. Uh, the Ten Rings. Now, I know this is a different universe, but you know I'm always mining for Easter eggs and details. The Ten Rings are not of this realm. When we said, mm -mm 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 -mm. "Where'd they come from?" We want to know. They were a gift bestowed upon him. Mm -hmm. I'm investigating. I have nowhere to dig or look beyond that, but I want to know. Uh, Morris was great. Talo it can't be seen by Heimdall. Mm -hmm. Does that matter? The thing that's so funny is that both that and the fact that the Ten Rings can kill a god seem yeah. pretty intentional. They seem <laughs> mad intentional. And I was like, this is my version of Brandon's The Sokovia Accords are gone. Like, I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you can kill a god with these things? And they're not from here and then Heimdall can't see them? That We're going to get to this. We're going to get to this, but I have some issues with some of the power sets and rules of the like power mythology <laughs> oh, in season boy. two of What If. I definitely oh, wow. do. And this is this one's fair. Hey, the Ten Rings, they're powerful as hell. Maybe they can take down Odin, you know? But I, I love the Ten Rings. Make them powerful, whatever, because it's about the character that's using them and what I guess, you know. What I just, as I said last time, I do sometimes have trouble connecting with a character that gets their powers in like, kind of wonky weird super comic-y ways and then they become like crazy powerful whether it's superman or cohorty or any like sometimes i'm just like hmm i don't like undefined power sets and we kind of got that in the finale but i didn't really care because the story was awesome the characters were great so if the character's really interesting i'll totally I'll, I'll i'll get past that and i did in the finale for sure we'll talk about that later uh overall yeah the animation on this is like while well, i was watching odin's cape blow in the wind <laughs> and i was like damn the animation team on What If really, really knocked this out of the park. And I don't remember thinking that on season one. Like, I don't remember thinking the animation was bad, but I don't remember ever. Maybe I just need to rewatch season one. <laughs> I agree. I feel like every episode this season, I've just been like, the aesthetic just looks almost completely different. It looks so much more refined and like ambitious than season one, which is saying something because season one was already ambitious. I will say to your point about like the power set and everything, I think getting to see Hela in this context where it's not just her completely being an antagonistic character. Like I loved her in Ragnarok. I remember at the time thinking like, oh, they're going to bring her back for Infinity War and she's going to be the stand-in for death and that didn't end up happening. So I'm glad that we got this kind of emotional story for her as 
predictable as it was because it did kind of have all of this extra weight and it was something that like we didn't know we needed all the way back when Ragnarok came out. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, very good episode. Yeah. You're making yeah. me feel yeah. like we should do this on a season one rewatch. Like yeah. we should have three episodes per season one where we where we give it another shot. Careful, because I'll, I'll I'll throw that on the production sheet for, for early <laughs> right. 2024. Uh, I do think we need to give season one another shot. Maybe we'll yeah. be like, well, it is just not as good. Or maybe we'll be like, damn, we were just greedy back then. Yeah. And we couldn't we couldn't see the greatness we had in front of our faces. Who knows? But I think the team on What If even recognizes this season is just going a bit crazier and it's just being more fun. Uh, that's the vibe I got from that Q&A. Did Odin ever use that sword in any of, in any of the stuff? The Allfather? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was the Allfather in the next episode? No, I think this this one, right? I'm pretty sure it was this one. Yeah. Like, did that ever happen in the other no. parts of MCU? Either okay. way, no. That's like Voltron sword. It's cool. <laughs> I would have liked to see Anthony Hopkins wield it one time just for yeah, the behind the scenes did. of him holding it completely just for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to shout out, so because Odin was in the Cohorty episode and this episode, not Anthony Hopkins, but it's Jeff Bergman who is been voicing Bugs Bunny since like 1989. Yes. So Odin, Odin cool. is is Bugs Bunny, and I think that's really funny. I think that's a perfect. I, what? Yeah, I interviewed him a couple years back, and he's great. So that's great cool. that he got to be on the show. Got a good voice for the character too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect place to end our episode seven little recap and discussion. We're going to take a quick one-minute break. When we come back, it's time to talk about episode 8, 1602. See you in a moment. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602 is the question the Watcher pondered in this episode of What If, which we're about to discuss. Jenna, you're at the top of the screen. What did you think of this episode? I I loved it. I think within the context of the show, it is such a fun implementation of the process. Um, I think we hinted at this earlier in the season, but it is absolutely not comic accurate. (laughs) No. at all to the the work that Neil Gaiman and company did when they originally created the universe in the comics. But obviously Neil Gaiman has experience with some of his stuff getting adapted and not being fully accurate. Um, so I'm sure he'll be fine. But I thought it was still a great episode. I think that just seeing the translation of everyone's costumes was super cool and having this be a context to put Captain Carter into was really, really fun. Uh, yeah, just across the board, I think it was really fun. It was like Avengers Civil War if Thor was there in 1602. <laughs> I loved I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Aaron, what about you? Um, I'm going to try and keep it short because I know Jay's going to have a lot to say. Uh, I really did like this one. Of course, like when I heard they were doing this, I was like, there are some things here that I don't think you're going to be able to adapt. And sure enough, they avoid them deftly. But it is really fun to see all the Avengers together, even though some of them don't sound right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I felt like when I was watching it, if this is strange to say, like stop me but i'm like this is the moment that a lot of people are going to be like wow i really miss having all of these characters together this i'm like when we wake up the reaction on twitter is going to be oh god why haven't we had an avengers movie that feels like this and for better and for worse of my brain space but to everyone's benefit we definitely got that so good outing we need it for the live action characters but i agree it was great yeah, yeah. jamie Oh, this is my favorite episode. Um, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a Ren Fair girly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I also, as a theater kid, I'm a I'm a big Shakespeare person, and so to start it with with Loki doing Shakespeare was so my kind of business. Uh, I literally like one of my favorite movies to watch over and over again is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So Cat being like Robin Hood, I just everything about this episode like. And similar to the Christmas one felt catered to me. This felt catered to me, but in like my my secret ways that I don't talk about as much on social media. Um, I, I, I just had, had such a good time. And obviously my girl's back. It's Wanda's back. And that was very exciting for me. I loved her costume. It was so, so great. I, I do have one criticism and one question that I was confused about. My criticism, I, this is not really criticism. I just think it's really funny that Merlin Wanda, 
With all her power, she needs to get Peggy Carter over here to help <laughs> save this timeline. I think that's really funny. Like, really, girl? You really need her? Okay. I love Captain Carter. I'm glad the way it tied in. I love the through line of Peggy's whole story. I think it's amazing. But I did also was like, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. Um, also, I want to say that I, I love the 1602 comic. I read it probably a decade ago. And I have been refreshing Neil Gaiman's Twitter all day to see if he has thoughts about it. Like, I keep checking. Because it is very different. But if you, but like, I, this is one where I can say, it's a comic that I love. Read it. Um, but okay, I, I do have a question about the Steve of it all. Because we find out that, that Steve, when he was finding Thanos kind of an infinity war he hit the gauntlet he accidentally hits the time stone and he gets sent to 1602 but i would imagine though this has to be 1602 in a different reality from the reality in which he hit the time stone because otherwise because all of the avengers live in this 1602 and i'm sure in his future timeline those are also his friends unless he was fighting with a completely different team so can the time stone send you not only back in time but back in time to a different reality Oh, I no, think that's I what they're insinuating. Okay. Yeah. I I just have to say, when that moment happened, I gasped because I also for a brief second thought that this was the Cap returning the Infinity Stone story that everyone has wanted since Endgame. I like thought that this was somehow he went on that journey and then got stuck in the time zone, time stone and then ended up in 1602. I still love what they did with it. I thought that was a really cool twist, but there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, they're really doing it. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a fantastic episode. It honestly, first time I watched it, I really didn't care for it. I was so confused because I missed one important part of dialogue when I when they said in the beginning that uh, that it's two universes that have gotten glued together and they've kind of merged. And so I was sitting there watching it because at this point I'm eight episodes deep into a binge and I'm just eyes are glazed over like, oh my gosh, all right, we're, we're four hours into this, which I know we're complaining about having to binge watch a show for work. It's the worst freaking stupid thing to complain about, but it absolutely in inhibits like the, or, or, or kind of limits the experience for me. I'm, I'm not a binger as we talked about on to the, the, the episode of phase zero, but um, I didn't, I, I was like, is this supposed to be the same happy from the Christmas episode? Is this Tony from the Gamora episode? Like who are, and I thought it was like a hodgepodge of characters like the Guardians of the Multiverse in the first season had come together. And then I rewatched it uh, this morning and I was like, wow, when you're actually be able to be present, this episode is fantastic. So the lesson there is rewatch the episodes before talking about them. That's for sure. But also just this episode was great. Uh, it is very different from the comic. Doctor Strange was not executed like he is in the comic. No Doctor Doom. I did think that Bruce Banner, when he had that metal mask on and was locked away, I thought for a second that might be Doom. I was like, are they actually about to bring in Victor Von Doom as like a prisoner in 1602? But no, of course it was the Hulk. First time we saw the Hulk this season, right? I mean, Bruce was technically in the yeah. Christmas episode, so. Yeah. But yeah, no but he, Hulk. but he like refused to turn into Hulk. He was yeah. like, nah, you guys got it. Yeah. yeah, we got the bearded Hulk, and he said, "Hulk smash the." Uh, Can I, I say I... something? No, bearded Hulk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no! Kind of doing it for me. <laughs> hey, sun's getting real low. <laughs> Man, I respect it. Is that why you wore green today? Uh, we'll say it was. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I for mm. I, I I for a second uh I my tinfoil hat started going that little green thing in the sky is that Kang and then I was like did they change it and take Kang out because how would Kang not be a part of these what if stories if Kang is the big bad of the multiverse but what what ended up being the green thing in the sky it was they, wasn't uh, just like a rift. From yeah. the it, like, a rip from the time stone that was just sucking yeah. people out of the yeah. I can't help but wonder if they had Kang involved. I feel like no, because they made these episodes in 2020. Yeah. Um but he already he filmed Loki season announced. one finale. I would I would also think like they wouldn't want the first time that Kang is meeting all of the Avengers and a lot of these characters necessarily to be in this out of continuity context yeah. like that. Like that's sure. the only like excuse that I can give. No, I, I, I agree. It probably wasn't, but I couldn't help but wonder was Kang a part of this and they removed him. But they they I feel like they also probably would have marketed that a long time ago that Jonathan Majors was gonna be a part of this back when they were really banking on 
him and that character as the multiverse driver. So, yeah, probably not. Tons of Easter eggs in this episode, though. Uh, let's see. Fury mentioned... Oh, Nebula's Observatory and Isle of Ego out there in 1602. I would have loved to see those. Rogers being Robin Hood. These are just the notes I have. If anybody wants to add anything, please cut me off. Uh, with, with Scott Lang and Bucky, it's almost like the Civil War team, but in 1602. Uh, Tony and Peggy, uh, I love their dynamic. I think Tony being like just impressed with the words was funny it took me back to iron man 3 when he was like i'm titillated by the notion of working with you uh you know the shakespearean characters i'm an advocate for shakespearean thor i like him over ragnarok and uh love and thunder thor i love shakespearean thor i don't care for the blonde eyebrows though you could do those either way (laughs) army of yellow jackets was clever putting them in the gun like there was just so much clever use of 1602 and like what the technology would be basically but merging it with you know the super abilities and technology of the avengers of like 2012 or you know 16 whenever they're supposed to be pulled from uh thought banner and the iron mask was going to be doom the soldier masks were definitely designed to look like chitari mm-hmm. when they were going in to get banner red skull was there sharpening the executioner blade uh i guess that's the signal was that a line a throwback line from like civil war why, why do i have that written down? that does sound familiar but i can't exactly place it Hmm. I don't think that's a Civil War line. But I <laughs> Again, somebody is screaming at their podcast. Yeah, right like, oh my god. Yeah, I guess it is. It is. I. I it's a wait. I guess that's the thing. Captain America said that in okay. in Captain America Civil War. Uh, oh, wow. Also, Wanda said we are out of time to Fury, which is obviously an Infinity War callback, one of the sadder callbacks. The All Father Sword. Oh, it was this episode was delivered to this Thor from the King of Wakanda, which is presumably a reference to T'Challa because they're all from the same timeline. So that seems to be a reference to T'Challa, which we haven't gotten in a long time. Um, so that's interesting. That's cool. Uh, it's all spawned from Steve hitting Thanos' gauntlet in the Time Stone. Steve, obviously, is the one who sacrifices himself because he's the forerunner, not to be confused with the alien race from DC Comics. Forerunner <laughs> was actually a part of you know. uh, And... The reference, uh, Peggy says, we will never get our happy ending. And Steve says, I'm sure somewhere out there we do. And in fact, somewhere out there. Well, and also, I loved their relationship. I also loved that, like, Peggy was the Maid Marian to the Robin Hood of it all. I thought that that was a great little analogy. And then just her being like, no, I don't think I will tell you about my Steve. Yes. Oh, I had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like goosebumps. Such a good callback in the best possible way. so good. It's absolutely fantastic. I want to bring up because uh, that we got Hella again right after the last one, but I really like that her and Thor were so close, and Ooh, that yeah. she was the yeah. queen, and then you know get sucked in, and then Thor Thor has to take over now becomes king. I really liked that dynamic. It was cool to see what they would be like if they were siblings who were close with each other. Yeah, the whole driving force for Thor was that he thought that they killed his sister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thought Peggy killed his sister but it was not Kang in the green time song. <laughs> uh, yeah. F- f- fantastic episode. I think this is my favorite episode of the season. And it that certainly is- wasn't the first time I watched it. I think this is probably my favorite episode. <laughs> Can I do something fun? Go for it. Go now for that it. we've broken the seal on just adapting re- weird Elseworlds for lack of a better way to put it titles, what would you like to see them do? Now that we've cracked the seal on just doing weird either events or else world things. Nova and Gamora in a relationship from the Annihilation oh, storyline. Well, here we go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I want a full blown musical. I want Prefer- like per- yeah. oh, is it preferably in a nineteen seventies setting. You've oh. gotten two already. <laughs> musical numbers? That is not the same as a full-blown musical. You asked what we wanted, Brandon. I'm not going to your whims. It's what I want. You're supposed to also want Nova. <laughs> I am blanking on... There's probably a dozen other options I could give, but like the only one in my brain right now is just Pat Avengers. Like, whether it is literally oh. just like... Has, yes! Like, there, there are enough iterations of that team, just of like comic characters, or if you just fully go the uh, the the Spider Ham route and just show the animal versions of every Marvel hero, that would be utterly delightful. Aaron, what about you? I love it. 
Uh, I'm going to channel Adam for a second and say I would like a weird world episode where Agatha Harkness is the bad guy and uh, we get Elsa getting a team of things that go bump in the night to go hunt her, to go hunt her and fight her. Elsa Um, does exist in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got a werewolf and a man thing and Moon Knight and other Bro. stuff you could throw in there. Blade, like, Blade sure. So much my, March, my first appearance ever. <laughs> yeah, like, since There's we just so much happening. With... <laughs> I broke That's a great idea. Oh, no. I do hope that uh, season three does lean more into, like, phase four characters because we got a little bit of that. But it would be fun to see, like, certain people mixing with older characters uh, yeah. i think that would be neat give me shang chi and iron man i beg <laughs> i beg <laughs> i don't ask for much but just put my favorite characters together and loki <laughs> throw loki in there too i want to see elena and wanda oh i just want she hulk anywhere yeah loki and wanda interacted in this episode and that never happened in the uh in any others in anything else and it was Tom Middleton and Elizabeth Olsen. I like to imagine they were in the same recording booth, but I know they weren't. Why do you think this is Jamie's favorite episode? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's episode eight. We all agree it was pretty pretty great. Uh, and we got one more episode of What If Season 2 to discuss. And then we'll evaluate Season 2 as a whole. We will see you in a moment. Episode nine of What If, season two of What If. They're done. They're out there in the world and we can watch them. Aaron, what'd you think of the finale? Uh, I really like this one because for people who really were invested in season one's like storyline, it helps kind of tie a nice little bow around it. Um, I mean, more cohorty, which I did not know if we were going to get more or not after the cliffhanger. Cause I'm like, we've, we've gone on cliffhangers with a whole season doesn't address something before. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. Awesome. And I don't, We'll talk about the frenetic nature of some of this later, but I, I, as a person who's a maximalist and is looking forward to watching it again and pausing a ton, mm. uh, the antithesis of Jim Viscardi, I was very pleased. <laughs> very, very pleased. You know how many Easter eggs Jim missed in this episode? <laughs> oh. Thousands. <laughs> yeah. Thousands. <laughs> Jamie, what'd you think? I thought it was great. Uh, I will say the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. That's not the show's fault. It was uh, trying to live my Florida life while also working. So I watched the second half again today because I still didn't have time. I like literally had just enough time to watch the second half. And it was really cool to see it all come together. I think that's a really neat choice to make it, you know, its own thing, but still have this, especially Carter, Captain Carter, our Cohorty again was really cool. Uh, there's a lot of little details that I'm sure we'll talk about that I'm excited to talk about. Uh, but it was, it just, and it just looked cool. The animation was awesome in this episode, I thought. And and, it, and the whole thing just, it felt like it, like Aaron said, tied a neat bow. And especially because BD, I know you love this, uh, the Doctor Strange episode from season one. And I thought it was really cool the way that they wrapped that together. I was, I was really into it. Jenna, what about you? I, I agree with everything that everyone has said. I think like the the Easter eggs alone and just the visual spectacle alone, they're justifying why this story had to be told in animation and why this fight had to happen in animation. I was like, I was talking to Chris about this. I almost feel like Captain Carter wouldn't really work like this Captain Carter wouldn't really work in live action anymore because everything that happens to her is so cool and so ridiculous and so over the top in a way that like animation really serves in this really fun way. I, I just thought it was so much fun. I think it it's a spectacle in every sense of the word yeah i mean props to Haley atwell uh fantastic job as captain carter thank you to the what if team for giving halo Haley atwell a show and hey and captain carter basically other a show fantastic character fantastic finale with captain carter cohorty was great in this episode strange supreme was a fantastic villain i loved how it all came together the the little relationship between captain carter and the watcher is a ton of fun uh i loved just the very start of it the animated marvel studios logo with the with the characters from What If rather than the the live action characters that we typically get, this was the first episode to do that, and I thought that was awesome. Uh, and uh, overall, I just this this was originally in my top four episodes, but upon rewatch and rewatching six through eight more intently, 
Uh, I definitely bump eight into the top four. and This one comes out of the top four, but I would say it's probably number five then. Uh, but I, I think I thought this episode was just awesome. Speaking of maximalism, yeah, there's a million. This is the closest thing to like. This is like a mini Secret Wars in a sense, but it, it's just two characters kind of fighting against the villain who's trying to resurrect a universe at the cost of other characters and heroes and villains and stuff. Uh, Strange Supreme just wants to wants to get that love from Christine. I almost I almost called her Rachel Palmer. Rachel Mc Rachel McPalmer. <laughs> uh, Christine Palmer, and he's going to any lengths to do it. He didn't learn his lesson apparently, but. I found it interesting. Captain Carter referenced Gremlins, Jurassic Park, and Aliens. Wouldn't that have been when she was sleeping? But it's she the Steve thing. Because like... she, she, she said in her Winter Soldier episode that she's like catching up on the media that she missed. Same. So, right. yeah. I do I think hope to... it's surprising like that she's caught up that quickly and is now making all these references. I, I, I That kind of caught me off guard a little too. Because like I believe she's watched them. But I think it's funny that, that they right after another she crashed on the couch with uh madison and wong yes <laughs> i thought you were gonna say she like cuddled up with natasha <laughs> that's what i was picturing <laughs> maybe. maybe uh in this world hydra prevailed which meant that steve rogers and peggy carter neither of them became captain anything uh so hydra was was evil in red skulls red skull got his own mount rushmore uh dr strange said this is madness is that a multiverse of madness reference i don't know just listen it's all tinfoil hatting from here on out cohorty in this episode kind of had the quicksilver entrance from uh avengers age of ultron i for sure thought maybe we'd get her tripping up captain carter and going you didn't see that coming i was like wait a second are we gonna get it but no i was okay with that would have been a little on the nose i think a little on the nose uh, uh some things i spotted i did pause this and try to look at some things Dark Elves, Rocket Raccoon. What, what Jenna, you're gonna be able to I should know this. That Hulk Odin thing. I've seen where have I seen that before? What? I'm gonna look that up because like it's on the tip of my tongue, but keep talking. I know I've seen that before before this, and I think it's from a comic, but it might be an animated series. I know that that Hulk with the like the crown and the armor and all that. I, I don't know where I've seen that before, but I'm like 99% sure I've seen that before. This is another one of those that's going, you fake fan. You know, that's so obvious. But uh, I, I'm, I'm just conscious uh, that I'm always getting yelled at. I'm sorry. I want to point out that I like that all these little characters we're seeing are specifically universe killers. Like that, that, like that rocket you're seeing what, I don't know what he did, but he killed his universe. Well, Every character you're seeing, they, like that's why he collected them because they're universe killers. I thought that but when i watched it again this morning cohorty also said that he was collecting noble beings as well and that's why he was after her hmm. okay okay because because she because peggy does say oh unleashing a whole horde of universe killers may have been a mistake but i guess maybe it's a mixture that's what i i it kind of that's what it seemed to imply that they were all villains in their universe but then why was he going after cohorty because she said he goes after noble people too okay but uh, I, I, I do. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say of all of them though, uh, Wild West Loki. Uh, give me that immediately. <laughs> I want. I want to see more of him. Please and thank you. Maybe this was like some season three teases in there. That would I be bet. great. I, I would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Also, it did happen on Agents of Smash, so that might be what you're thinking of because uh, it, it was an animation. So okay. Yeah. So maybe that was just that Hulk pulled in. That would be cool. Um, if anything, it's just an homage to that. Yeah, I also saw Young Star-Lord. I wrote down that I saw Captain Marvel, but I can't remember seeing Captain Marvel. Proxima Midnight, uh, Corvus Glaive, A Gnome, Wenwu, Infinity Killmonger. There's Thor versus Thor. That's the straight-up Secret Wars of it all. You had Thor versus Thor crashing together in slow motion. Zombie Wanda. Um, I loved the team-up with Hela. That was great. I loved Hela just falling. For those poor people. <laughs> they were like on the tower of terror they were going up and they were going down and they're going up and they're going down above the forge that strange wanted to feed them to because apparently feeding it universe killers was the means to power his universe's recreation i guess was the the gist of the story sounds right I, I, yeah all it was missing it just reminded me of the mario movie when they're all like stuck in hell it was just missing the one star that is just like very suicidal and sad like that would have it uh, felt so smart <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't see the mario movie uh -huh. and they get so hearing that they get stuck in hell the, there's probably a more like accurate term but they're like in like a lava pit like in cages and there's okay. like one character that's just like we're all gonna die and it's okay and like that was giving that it was also giving loki being like i've been falling for 30 minutes like mm -hmm. i yeah 
the sweet release of death. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we have here? Cohorty said the last woman to demand that of me regretted it when Strange, I think it was Strange that said Neil, right? Mm-hmm. So I assumed that, Cohorty had done a lot more since then, I guess. I don't know that, why. That was in the episode. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Episode. No, that's literally she where was he like the queen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's literally. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, here's where, here's where it starts to. These, these are my these are my criticisms. First of all, she ripped Infinity Killmonger out of that suit so fast. Whatever, not a big deal. I'll allow it. Her powers are a little undefined. She's very powerful. That's cool. But the, the, the one thing I had a problem with, because it affects my boy Tony Stark, Peggy Carter had a handful of Infinity Stones. One Infinity Stone was enough to kill, or all, very close to kill, if not through the help of his friends, half-celestial Peter Quill. Those things killed Iron Man when he snapped with him. She had a fistful of them things and didn't even flinch. What's the rule with the Infinity Stones? Okay, wasn't it? Weren't we talking about this before? Like when we were recording the before we recorded the first episode, and Aaron said something to the effect of like it's the TVA rules of like they're just paperweights. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, I don't really care that much, but just for the sake of continuity, I'm having the argument. Captain Carter with the Infinity Stones in the suit was sick. It mm-hmm. was awesome. But she did have a fistful of stones that would have presumably literally melted her freaking body off, let alone her hand and arm. As I said in a previous episode, continuity doesn't exist because maybe these Infinity Stones work a little differently than the other Infinity Stones. But also, Tony Stark is just a man. He's maybe a genius playboy philanthropist, but his body is the body of a normal human being. Captain Carter has the juice. She's got serum in her body. Okay, so you're saying that Captain Carter is more powerful than a half-celestial or a gamma-infused Hulk. But, 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 but... Uh, and a mad Thrawn titan who's also a celestial what they, they were all they were all fine though hulk had a little arm boo-boo and peter ended up being fine but like i'm just saying these people all have a whole different level of powers whereas so, tony is a man so steve rogers could have grabbed all six infinity stones and just ran with them and wouldn't have even felt it he could have snapped and hulk could he could have saved hulk's arm steve rogers is the real villain. but also <laughs> these infinity stones might work differently is what i'm saying they might have a little different uh, energy. It's impossible. Uh, I just... <laughs> it's impossible. I need Nia Tacosta's reaction to that revelation and Steve possibly being at fault another way. Like yeah, ever, a sidebar, have y'all ever watched Devil Man Cry Baby? No. Oh, yeah. An anime yeah. series? Uh, it's it's really good. It's very heavy, but it's a good anime series it's on Netflix. But Doctor Strange fully just became Devil Man Cry Baby <laughs> in this episode. Uh, and anybody who's watched it, the, 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 the two people who listen to this podcast that have watched it are sitting there going, yes. Uh, what else we got? Why was Jay- Strange, Strange became evil, but clearly in this episode implied that there was a good Strange still in there, right? Because it, it was like they wanted to say, was he taken by the Darkhold? I don't, I haven't watched episode four of season one in a while. Do we remember what made him become so evil he, and powerful? I think he just drove himself crazy. Yeah. Like he, he, I think that was as simple as that. Like he just kept trying to save her over and over and over again. Mm. It kind of like what happened. And we were talking about this in our earlier episode, uh, of like the flash. <laughs> he just kept yeah. going back, back and yeah. back and back and back and back until he, until he went insane. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just, Why y'all let these brudettes rule y'all lives? I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> completely rewriting the multiverse to save Rachel McAdams is such a mood. I just need to say that. Like, <laughs> Some people want to go the distance. <laughs> a little too far sometimes. Uh, the, the Jesus. The, uh, at the very end of the episode, we saw Loki. Yeah, we saw the world's tree. Igrazil, Peggy Carter, Cardi, he's what? just smiling. Somewhere, Jim Cardi's like, finally, I no, can he rest. It. He didn't see it. He skipped <laughs> Jim it. didn't think that was the world tree when we talked about this in our Loki episode. Oh, so he, Lord. I don't know. Do they call it the world tree in they this did. episode? Did they refer to it as anything? They just showed it. I, they just showed it. Okay, yeah. Jenna, you the, wrote down did. the 
because they in the in the Hella episode, she did say the world's tree, which was like the other thing that was introduced in phase one that like Jim had a whole point of contention of like, is that the same world tree? Uh, so they, it might be a completely different thing that they're just trying to set the difference between. But they didn't call what we saw with Loki the world tree. Interesting. So either way, the watcher is watching Loki and he's got to be entertained because that show was great. <laughs> and Captain Carter is there watching with him. Uh, fantastic ending. Season three, I'm excited for it. I thought this season was fantastic. We'll start that conversation in a minute, but is there anything else about the finale you guys want to talk about? I really love that it really cements some of the things about the multiverse saga that really makes sense to me and resonate with me as like a viewer because like Doctor Strange is obviously somewhat dangerous. Like as we learned in Multiverse of Madness, like the man is not to be trusted, but also he is sort of good as well, but also he'd be doing dumb stuff like eating... <laughs> freaking like demons and 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 using the dark hold to like try and stop wanda but also damning his own stuff and summoning charlie stara and ho hopefully at some point appear in season three maybe she could do that since we're not gonna see the movie forever um and i like that also it draws a parallel to kang because in kang's brain both universe killers and people with noble intentions who do not adhere to what i want you to do are both equally as dangerous, so you both need to be taken down. You need to be put in check, as a one as one man once said. Hmm. Strange would be a good multiverse villain, man. Yes, Strange Supreme is right there. He's yep. he's you know I think he's dead. Kill. Has Watch that ever stopped anything before? Season no. three, come back. No, no. All right. Well, that's our episode nine recap. All good points. We all quite enjoyed this episode. I'd say. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about season two as a whole to end the show in just a moment. Our last break of the year. Huh? Welcome back to the final Phase Zero segment of the year where we're breaking down What If Season 2 as a whole. I'll go first say I love this season. Thought it was fantastic. Really delighted and surprised. Uh, but Aaron, I'll let you take it from there. Um, I think that this show, Echo, and some of the stuff to come proves that until we know what things are, maybe we chill. Maybe we chill. Because... When this got announced, I remember the comment section because in true phase zero fashion, during the middle of an episode that we had carefully, Brandon Davis had put together a rundown, we were rolling, and it's like, look at what if season two is coming. And everybody's like, boo, where's Loki? Where's the other stuff that we we're trying to see? And look, it's the highest rated thing on Rotten Tomatoes of the year of the MCU. Like, I don't know how, which is bizarre even to me. Even the most ardent, like, Guardians non-believer amongst us is like, hey, calm down. I love animation, too. Let's let's ease up a little bit. But I think it's more than earned the right to exist. And if we're not going to get the movies as often, please keep exploring the team dynamics to give everybody stuff to look forward to. So, yeah. Jenna, what do you think of season two? I, I agree with everything that Aaron said. I think that I, I was still someone who enjoyed season one for what it was and for the way that we got it. But I think doing this daily binge, I think having it be what it is and being as ambitious and weird and character driven has really, really worked for me. And I think even the weakest episodes of season two are still things that I thoroughly enjoy. So I'm, I'm glad that they already confirmed season three and that that's already in the works because I feel like from here they can get even crazier. And this just has me excited writ large for Marvel animation because I already was excited for X-Men 97 and for Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. But like now knowing that they can cook on this level, I'm very excited to see how those shows do this same thing jamie what do you think exactly what jenna said in terms of it's just getting me more hyped for future animation because i i've talked about this before but when a character's already in, exist in live action getting them to animation does not always thrill me i mean aside from 97 i'm so excited about that but i i totally feel like this has gotten me a little more hyped for the other stuff and ultimately i loved it i i mean it was it was so enjoyable uh, i've been tony's been watching it now because he didn't watch all the screeners with me just and i've been like excited to hear what he thinks and it's been really fun to talk Talk about this and and it's just it's different it's interesting um i don't think it was the best marvel thing of the year but 
it was certainly a lot better than stuff that I was really excited about. Uh, you know, I was so hyped for Secret Invasion, and I think this blows Secret Invasion out of the water, even though I'm like Secret Invasion more than everybody else. Still, uh, it, there was so much cool stuff in here, and I just I, I'm now really excited for season three. I hope it gets bigger, crazier, and weirder as as it goes on. I think this season was fantastic. I think uh, just start to finish each episode was kind of delightful. You know, some of them were heavier than others. Some of them were lighter than others. It was a great mix of tone, great mix of, you know, rosters. I love the team dynamics. So many creative team dynamics. One of my favorite things about the MCU, especially in the Infinity Saga, is the relationships between the characters. Those are the things that keep me coming back. And this did such a good job in each episode of establishing those relationships, especially in the finale. Or no, sorry, in the in in 1602 with with uh peggy and steve was great it, it played with mcu nostalgia it remixed things it did a little bit of the here's what would happen if this character was the star of that movie but it also did a ton of just original stories branching out uh Cohorty is a great new character the fight stuff with her and uh peggy carter in that finale the way they were fighting together against strange supreme when she was running around the walls like the flash in the justice league movie but then like using the portals to move the the uh shield through different things and kind of use it to sneak up on strange and all that stuff it was just really creative the choreography of the fights in this season was great the animation was great the vo most of the freaking voice actors were like the, the stars of the mcu the the live action titles which always helped and when they didn't have them they found people who for the most part really did a good job of supplementing it and, and playing the role uh i think that the tony stark actor was great mick wingert was fantastic and that's my favorite uh, but overall, yeah, I think my favorite episode, I, I really do think my favorite episode was 1602. And I think I I think upon first watch, I underrated the Cohorty episode and I overrated the Nebula episode. I think I got a little high on Nova stuff. I got a little low on not having Marvel stuff. And I think those two episodes got uh, caught up in that. And also the binge of it all for six through eight kind of took me out and lessened my experience the first time I watched them. But then after that, I mean, I do think eight is probably my favorite, though. What about Jamie? You're at the top. Do you have a favorite episode? Yeah. Uh, 1602 is also my favorite episode, although the Christmas one is a close second because That's of how so much good. I love Die Hard. Uh, but I, I do have, want to share one complaint about this season, okay. though. Okay. And that is that when the last big trailer came out before the season dropped, Mr. Clark Gregg took to his Instagram stories and he shared the trailer. And I thought for sure that meant we were getting Coulson in the season. And we did not get Coulson in the season. AC Bradley, if you're listening, Coulson in season three, he should get a whole episode please and thank you <laughs> oh colson he was referenced as having perished i'm sorry sorry i know touchy subject these baseball cards though he loved the avengers uh yeah overall season two was fantastic it's probably my number three mcu project of the year which I wouldn't have expected at the beginning of the year certainly not i wouldn't expect quantum mania to be as low as it is secret invasion to be as low as it is uh I, did jenna I, and aaron share their favorite episodes we did not sorry, yeah yeah sorry sorry yeah aaron what's your favorite episode uh definitely cohorty just because the possibilities that it extends are are just so wide-ranging i mean there's a ton of people who have waited for there to be some sort of mcu hero that just spins out of this that's actually one of the heroes i mean we finally got uh darcy in the comics and stuff so there is precedent. And I now would also implore AC Bradley, please do a 1990s like Men in Black spoof with Sam and uh, Clark together yes. handling S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. That would be really, really fun. I'd have a good time with that. What if that someone else crashed to Earth instead of Captain Marvel? Right, exactly. Yeah. And pick yeah. any one of the space people. Anybody. Dude, yeah. who cares? That would be fun. I'm I... smashing Game Boys by accident. <laughs> Sorry, Jenna, go ahead. I, I, I agree with Aaron. I think the Cohorty episode is one of the best things that like Marvel has put out in recent memory. And I think like at the end of the day, when we look at this franchise writ large, like the fact that that episode exists is just miraculous. But I will say that is easily one of my favorites, but also my like personal favorite is episode two with the 80s Avengers. I think that that captured the 80s Avengers comic energy and it just was so many great characters and such a great dynamic and was basically a mini Avengers movie. And that one surprised me the most. And it's the one that I've like thought about the most probably mm, i love that team that was a good episode would really watch episode. that movie right now if they announced yes. it that was what avengers 5 was would totally watch it <laughs> but see that's why they had to animate it because like uh de-aging and deep faking everybody to be 80s age would be like way too expensive <laughs> that would be expensive yeah and then you got to cast baby tony because he's out there somewhere 
<laughs> Howard Stark would have that baby somewhere, right? Yeah. At that point. Oh, what a fantastic time this was. Season two, season two of What If Was was delightful. Really, really enjoyed it. Season three is already in the works. There's a clip of it already online. I think it was like released on like a Marvel calendar or something there, but there's a Bucky and Red Guardian episode coming in season three. I'm expecting them to go big in season three. If they can, if they can, they went, it felt like they went bigger this year in a sense. I don't really know because I, I remember all the stuff that happened in season one, but I haven't watched it in a while. Well, actually, that's not true. I watched almost every season one episode before season two because we did that Q&A and I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta brush up. And I watched, I think, six of the nine episodes back again over the course of two days before that. And uh, yeah, no, interesting. I, I definitely just think I like season two better. Yeah. Listen, there's so much going on. My brain is fried. It's the end of the year. Here we are. Uh, that's it for me on What If Season 2. Great episode. Great show. Fantastic. Delighted. Delightful. I'm really happy. It's my number three. My number one is Loki. My number two is Guardians. My number three is What If. And then everything else for me. It's probably above all the DC projects, too. Wow. Maybe Bluebe. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to say? And rankings you guys want to share? Anything you want to say to round out today's uh, What If Season 2 episode? Just want to say, looking forward to 2024. Can't wait to see what the Marvel news will be. Can't wait to see how this year shakes us up. I think we're going to have a good time. Oh, we're definitely going to have a good time. All right, Jamie, since you're on the big screen, final words for today's episode. Even yeah, though those What If is awesome. <laughs> Follow me. Have a good time. Liz Bolson's awesome. We're all tired. We are all I'm so glad we did not do our original plan of like recording all of these back to back because we be loopy on a level that would be unprecedented. You are so right about that. Aaron, any last words for today's what if season two bonus episode? Add some like horny. Uh, I love that Fizzero teaches me more about my friends. Never pay Jamie for a Renfell fair gal. Going to have yeah. a conversation once we get off camera uh, about that. Um, and excited for Eyes of Wakanda, excited for Spider Man, Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. Like, I didn't think the animation would be holding so much weight for me next year, but it really will be, which is really fun. Jenna. It's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. Um, I agree with Aaron. I like, I'm sure we're going to do 2024 anticipation rankings. And like, I was already thinking about mine. And it's like a lot of the animated projects, especially after this, are kind of inching towards the top. So I'm excited for that. And as always, go read some comics. Go read What If Comics in particular, because if you liked what the creativity of this season was, there are in an infinite number of comic issues that are even crazier. X Men 97, just really neck and neck with Madam Web over there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all thank you so much for a wonderful 2023 thank you to for joining us for these what if recaps and breakdowns and discussions thank you to the team that made what if you guys did a tremendous job congratulations and uh that's our show happy new year see you in 2024